It's so good to have you guys coming online. Um, I'm just setting up a little bit early just to make sure that our things are in order and that everything's going okay with audio, with recording. So we're just getting a little bit of a head start. Why don't you guys come online so long, those of you that are eagerly waiting. Yeah, really good to have you guys join us this morning. So yeah, I just want to speak a little bit about, um, it's interesting here in South Africa today, it's actually a holiday. We're celebrating Human Rights Day, which is valuing that we are all valuable, really. And it's just interesting for me how, you know, that's, that's not really a, a thing that, that politically is going to give us value. What ultimately gives us value is the fact that we were born as a dream in the heart of the Father and that we were paid for with blood, the blood of Jesus. And know today that you are valuable, that you have been bought with an incredibly high price. There's actually no value to it. It's just, yeah, your life is so incredibly worth you being on this planet. You carry something so valuable and so important that without you, without you living out your God-given destiny and purpose, we are going to be missing something. So celebrate the fact that God made you uniquely. Celebrate the fact that you are where you are. He's determined before the foundations of the earth, our boundary lines, where He's put us, where we've grown up, who our parents would be, what we look like. Everything in our amazing Father's design is so just perfect. So even as we're celebrating Human Rights Day today by rights, we know in the kingdom that, that we deserved punishment and death, but Jesus stood in the gap and took that on himself for us. So we are just walking by grace. We're pursuing with God what he's opening up ahead of us. And I'm going to touch from time to time this morning on the the prophetic word that we got end of last year because it's just so so key for these moments in time that we're experiencing even the struggles that we're going through have got meaning in terms of the strengthening that they're bringing us for what lies ahead God wastes nothing he's just preparing us for the next step of the journey so just be encouraged this morning celebrate the fact that you are alive and just Enjoy being you. Enjoy the fact that the Father takes great delight and great pleasure in you and that you were bought with a high price and you're valuable. You are important to Him, to the people around you and live from that, from that place, from that conviction of I was planned, I'm welcome, I'm where God wants me to be right now and just surrender to His process. So yeah, that was just a little bit of an intro from what's happening here in South Africa, Bloemfontein. It's a cold autumn morning. Well, let me say it's a cool autumn morning. So let us know if you're in your slippers or your proper shoes, your tackies, your whatever. And really good to have you guys join us if you've just come online. I can hear the church bells ringing in the distance again. I don't know if you uh, can hear that in my background. But it's amazing just to be able to just celebrate what Jesus has done, the fact that we can come together, the fact that we can grow in who he is in us, what he has preserved us for, what he's taking us into. So, yeah, that's just really amazing. I'm excited to share with you this morning. And I've titled my word, Speak Less, Say More. And interestingly enough, that was actually a prophetic word given to me at the beginning of this year. Someone gave that to me and said, Candace, I really feel like this is going to be an important thing for you for the season, for this year. And for those of you who know me, that's a very appropriate word because I can leave really long voice messages. So I've got to work on being more to the point. And more than it being that, there's such a power in our words. And that's what I really want to get into this morning. Last time I preached, I spoke about the importance of seeing and what God would have us see, why it's important to see well, because that determines how and where we walk. Obviously, like if you can't see very well, then you can miss the path, you can trip over stuff. So sight is important. 
but so is our speech because as much as our sight allows us to go forward, our speech actually determines the road that we're going to take to get there. So let's dive in and talk about speaking less and saying more. You would have heard us, those that fellowship with us or that are checking us online, checking out our sermons and messages, you would have heard a couple of times we've made reference to the prophetic word that God gave us at the end of last year. And it speaks about the best season yet that we're going to have. And we know that many times when God's speaking to us about things like that, it's because we're going to maybe go through things that are not going to look like our best season. But ideally, God is taking us to a place where we're going to say, wow, how amazing. I never knew life could be like this. But with that, we've got a couple of pointers down the road. So I'm just going to quickly show you. We um, made a summary of it. It's just a couple of bullet points which have summarized the prophetic word. But check this out over here. There's a, a, a light bulb in 2021. And that's significant for me because it speaks to me of Lord, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And never before do I feel has it been so important that we live by what God has given us, the words that he's spoken to our heart to direct our steps, to help us see where we're going, but also to make sure that's what, that what is coming out of our mouths is taking us where he intends for us to go. We also created a little bookmark, so if you've been visiting with us and you haven't picked one up at the visitor's table yet, go look for one, because we've summarized it um, as reminders that we're going to enjoy Red Sea partings, we're going to have dry ground breakthroughs, clean hands, pure hearts, mindset on Him. This is going to be a new season, we're going to do things in a new way and see new glory. It's going to be a year of thankfulness. God, family, forming, meaning the people around about us, the people in the body are going to be polishing and, and helping us with our rough edges. But what's that going to do? It's going to bring about this beauty of holiness, bride that Jesus is looking for. For that as well to happen, we need to have our wells unblocked. Anything that is looking like unforgiveness, disappointment, hopelessness, the things that are not in the heart of the Father that are weighing us down. It's time for those things to come out. We're going to experience a time of restoration, healing, strengthening. We mustn't be discouraged when we look at what's happening in the world because Jesus is taking over the world and its kingdoms and its economies. God is always doing more than we expect that He is. So I just wanted to quickly go through that again and say, let this be a light to your path for this year the things that you are going through are part actually of a process that is taking us to a place where we can look back and go wow but that might require for us to go through a couple of things first as we are getting rid of our sharp edges as we getting rid of the blockages it might get messy before it gets beautiful and know that that's part of the process uh, it was, I think, in the 80s somewhere that Michael W. Smith and Amy Grant wrote that song, Thy Word is a Lamp unto My Feet and a Light to My Path. And it's a beautiful song and we love to sing it, but it's, it's not just a song. Remembering this morning that words have got power. All right, the Word of God is living and active. It's like that two-edged sword that comes to divide between the intents and the purposes of our hearts. And we need that not only this morning but in the season in life if we are to step into what god has for us we need the word to come and prune when necessary if you go and check out charles message from last week he was speaking about this very thing of the word pruning us and if we don't allow the word to prune then circumstance comes to do that but it was not his heart or his intention so let's really pay attention to Lord, your word to my heart this morning. So as I share, just ask Holy Spirit to highlight to you what he's doing in your own heart and where you need to just allow him to come in and work in those places. Alrighty, so if you've got your Bibles, whether it's the paper version or the phone version, won't you turn or scroll to Isaiah? We're going to touch in chapter 54 and then we're going to go and camp in chapter 
56. So you can go there so long. And both of these things are referring to our speech. Isaiah 54 is about what we are responsible for coming out of our own mouths. And interestingly enough, Isaiah 56 actually commissions us, but take care of your brother in terms of what's coming out of his mouth and don't let him say things that are going to get him into trouble. If you just go back and visit at Exodus 14, that's where the, the Israelites are literally standing there on the mountaintop with the sea before them and the Egyptians behind them and they're complaining and they're saying, God, did you bring us out here to die? Was there not enough space in Egypt? Weren't there nice big cemeteries? Couldn't we just have died there? You, you took us out of everything that felt comfortable to let us die here in terror, surrounded by impossibility. And it's so interesting. God says to Moses to tell the people, hey, you be quiet. Watch what I'm going to do, but you zip it. I love the message version. It says, you shut up. <laughs> and sometimes we need a little bit of a, you know, what? We need a little bit of a shock to just stop us in our tracks because we can talk ourselves back into Egypt, back into the old season, back into the things that are keeping us track, trapped. Sorry, And God is saying that this is a new time and a new season, new rules, new things to say, pay attention. So come, let's dive in. Isaiah 54 verse 1, I'm reading from the Amplified Version, says, Shout for joy, O barren one, she who has not given birth break forth into joyful shouting and rejoice she who has not gone into labor with child for the spiritual sons of the desolate ones will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman says the lord and i want to give a bit of context to this verse it's not just referring to something in the natural I believe this is addressing something in our hearts, something in our spirits, where we feel that there is a lack. And God is saying, you know, I want you to shout your praise. I want you to, to celebrate as if your breakthrough has already come. Because when it does, you are going to experience more than the average Joe that's just going through life that hasn't had your struggle. On the other side of your struggle, if you will trust me before you see your breakthrough, you're going to see an increase in your life in the area of your struggle that's going to surpass the guy that's just lived his life and never had that struggle. So take that to heart this morning. We're going to read that again in Isaiah 56. There's a similar example. So Isaiah 54 starts out in verse 1 telling us, but sing and shout because breakthrough is coming. Basically, that's what it's saying. And then as you read further down in the chapter, if we do this, God is saying, then I will, and your gates, and all your, and great will, and you will be. There are all these promises that are just going to come into place if we can just trust him. And in our barren place, in our place of immense difficulty, just say, God, thank you. For what you're going to do. Thank you for the breakthrough. We're like the Israelites camped on that mountain and we've got the enemy snapping at our heels and a road ahead of us that looks impossible to navigate. But God is about to do something that you have not yet seen him do and you have to trust him without knowing what that's going to look like. I mean, think about it. The Israelites had never seen water pot. No one had. That was the first time that we read about God messing with his natural laws and, and he created the laws of nature so he can do that. He can do anything. The world is his. So he goes and he parts the water and they were like, what? But they had to just be quiet and watch him work and do what he was telling them to do. So this is a season to quiet the negativity coming out of our mouth. The, the thoughts that would come to intimidate us and say, God, I'm going to watch what you're going to do. I've got no idea. It's going to be totally beyond my grid that you're going to do it. And I'm praising you so long. And then you're going to see the breakthroughs come and the breakthroughs come and the breakthroughs come. So obedience is required. Trust is required. But this is not because we have to now jump through hoops to prove ourselves. Know this. This is because... The, the impossible, the supernatural that's about to break out is going to do a work in our hearts that's going to make us untouchable to the enemy in the place where we were down and out, disappointed, 
hopeless, fearful. All right, this is actually to show us who we are in Christ. It's to reveal the, the part of us that is supernatural. It's not to show us how we can figure it out ourselves and control the outcome and go to bed and sleep well at night because we know exactly what's going to happen. This is to take us into the dimension of our, of our spirit man, our supernatural selves because of the Christ in us, because of the Holy Spirit working, the will and the heart and the purpose of the Father in and through our lives. It's to take us into that dimension in a way we've never experienced before. And what sets us up for that is our impossible, horrible-looking situation. All right, so embrace this this morning. And I want to just end off in our short little overnight in Isaiah 54 with the final verse. I think it's the final verse. It's verse 17. One we love to quote, and it reads like this, No weapon that is formed against you will succeed. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you will condemn. This peace, righteousness, security, and triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me, says the Lord. But I want you to note that this is at the bottom of Isaiah 54, which starts up by saying, Shout for joy, barren one. Break forth in, into joyful shouting and rejoice. So a lot of times when we're going through struggle, we skip the rest of the chapter and we quickly just pop in at verse 17 and we want to quote it and say, No weapon that's formed against me will prosper. Da -da 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 -da. But we haven't actually really begun to surrender that area to the Lord. We haven't yet said to him, we don't know how, but we know that because you are God, you're going to make a way somehow. So if you're struggling in an area of your life that is affecting the way you think, the way you speak, the way you sleep, if it's affecting you emotionally, it's now a time to say, you know what, I am weak and poor in this area, but God, all I have is yours every breath and I surrender it to you and I'm going to watch what you're going to do. I'm going to silence my negativity. I'm going to silence every disappointment and thing that didn't work out in the past and every everything that's just blown up in my face in this area and I'm going to allow you to do your thing, Lord, and I'm going to watch what you are going to do and he's going to make you stronger in this area than you have ever been in your weakness in it. Not because of you, because of him. So Ideally, the scripture is not saying that that we are not going to have opposition anymore. It's actually telling us, you know what, when this opposition comes at you, no longer will your fear, anxiety, doubt get the better of you. You're going to rise above the place where this thing actually has an effect on your life. That's how strengthened you're going to be in this area. You're moving to a higher place in it. So this is an important point to realize this morning that you've got to watch what's coming out of your mouth and obviously that depends on what you're filling your heart with filling your head with because out of the abundance of your heart your mouth will speak so it's not just to keep quiet it's to deal with what's going on here and what's going on there and what you do is every time this thing comes to intimidate you you begin to sing you begin to shout you begin to rejoice you begin to declare lord this is what you've promised this is what you promised. If I haven't seen the breakthrough today, I know I still will. So I continue to rejoice. I continue to step in and tap in. Okay? So important point here that we are in charge of our own speech. Okay? So that's what the, the, the point or the commission is for me in Isaiah 54. Now we're going to skip ahead to Isaiah 56. And I'm going to read from verse 3 to 8. And then we're going to pull it apart. Okay? So, starting off in verse 3, I'm reading out of the Amplified again. Do not let the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will most certainly separate me from his people. Okay. And do not let the eunuch say, Look, I am a dry tree. Why? Because this is what the Lord says, verse 4. To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath and choose what pleases me, and hold firmly to my covenant, to them I will give in my house and within my walls a memorial and a name better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name which will not be cut off. All right, now verse 6. Also to the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, 
to minister to him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants. Everyone who keeps the Sabbath without profaning it and holds fast to my covenant by conscientious obedience, all these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all the peoples. And wait, there's a verse 8. And it says, The Lord God who gathers the dispersed of Israel declares, I will gather yet others to them, to Israel, and to those already gathered, meaning the foreigner and the eunuch. So in this passage, we read about basically it's God's people. And to this group, he is adding the foreigners, the eunuchs, and the dispersed ones. And I'd like us to go and look at those three individually, and then we'll talk about the joyful uh, ones in the house of prayer. Okay. Them, but it means when I hear somebody else being negative, I've got to say, no, stop, you can't speak like that anymore. So I'm not just responsible for what's coming out of my mouth. This is a season to help my brother be quiet. Shh, shh, you know, no, nope, don't say that because they can talk themselves back into Egypt and back into the old season if they do that, just as we can. So this is not just a time of I'm looking inwardly dealing with all my stuff. I don't have capacity for the people around me. God's saying no. Why? This is also going to challenge us perhaps beyond where we feel we're able or capable. But you know, he who refreshes others is himself refreshed. So as you're looking out for yourself, you're looking out for your brother next door and saying, no, don't speak like that. You can't say that anymore. So let's have a look at what we must not be saying anymore. Okay. What we're looking out for, for ourselves and for our brothers. So in verse 3, we read about the foreigner that has joined himself to the Lord. All right, Understanding that in that context, the, the people of God were the Jewish people, the ones that the Lord had called to himself. It was the nation of the Jews. And the Gentiles were basically all other nations that weren't Jewish. So the people that had almost a direct access to God were the Jews. And everybody else technically didn't really. <laughs> and here God says, stop the bus. This is a new season. Things are about to change. <laughs> and I think we've come out of 2020 with a certain vocab that needs to change because the season is still new. It's different. It might be strange. I love that um, the Chosen used this phrase that's um, just a, a mini-series about the life of Christ. Go find it online. Go watch it. It's amazing. But there's this, this wording that Jesus uses or that they give him in the script to say, and it's like, get used to different. And I want to tell you that this morning. It's a new season. Get used to different. The, the foreigner... If you think about it logically, the Gentiles wanted to be part of the people of God, perhaps, but now they, they're foreigners and they, they want to join themselves to the Lord, but they, they've got this feeling of inadequacy, like, I'm going to be separate from the people because I'm not really chosen. I'm not really part of this group. I'm a latecomer to this party. I don't, you know, have the qualifications. And if we look at the, what that could mean right now in today's context, I believe it's something like... Um, you know, you, you, you weren't born in the right family line. I had the privilege of growing up in a renewal type of church environment where, where the Holy Spirit was welcome and we sang in tongues and we spoke in tongues and, and we prayed for healings. And, and I had the privilege of growing up seeing this happen as something normal. But my, my mother didn't. She had a mother who prayed. So my grandmother was part of a more traditional church, but she was a lady who prayed. And my parents got saved as, as young adults into a renewal church when my brother and I were small. But we got to grow up 
in this renewal environment. And I've been able to go even further with what's opened up in terms of the prophetic and what God is doing and, and how we get to enjoy His presence. We just It keeps expanding and expanding. So I can look back and say, but I've had a measure of momentum come down through my family line that has, I believe, propelled me in part to where I find myself today. But maybe you sitting there this morning saying, well, I didn't, you know, lucky you. <laughs> Stop the bus, okay? You can't speak like that anymore because this is a new season. And essentially, this is about the foreigner, the one that's now being added, the late coming to the party. And maybe you're the one, the first person in your family that's really taken hold of God or perhaps who's really experienced God in a new way that you didn't in the church you grew up in and maybe your family think you're weird or you can't talk to them about the things that you experience because they just don't understand and you're thinking flip I've got to row this boat all by myself I don't have the backup of the ones that have gone before but you know what somebody somewhere took a stand or decided to go further than what their environment opened up for them in my family and you get to be the first one in your family to do it you're like this first generation christian that gets to open things up for for the the generations to come in your family line do you know how important that is all right don't don't look and see what you lack look and see what god's opening up because it's starting with you it's so exciting you don't get to say hey i don't have the momentum of people and of and of whatever the generations that have gone before me that have opened this up for me you can't speak like that anymore your speech needs to change to wow this is changing in my generation what a privilege thank you god don't know how it's going to open up ahead but i know that you've started the miracle you started with me and that's so precious it's so important and i want to just read you something now if this is you in particular i want you to declare this wherever you are out loud. I'm going to give you a chance to repeat it after me and I want you to say it out loud. Because you're in a, no, let's rephrase it that it's personal. Because I'm in a season of inheritance. Come on, don't just watch the screen. Just repeat after me. Because I'm in a season of inheritance. I obtain by grace. The momentum of prior generations. Alright, now you keep saying that to yourself. Because I'm in a season of inheritance, I obtain by grace the momentum of prior generations. That's what the scripture is saying. Alright, that the, um, the foreign, the eunuchs get added to his house and they get welcomed as if they are God's very own. All right, so remember this is symbolic. It's Old Testament. We know that Jesus came to make this open for all of us in the new with what he did. There was a new covenant, a new day, a new season. But we're looking at this glimpse already in the Old Testament. It's so powerful. It's so precious. So if this is you this morning, then you need to change the way you're thinking about yourself and your family. Because at your generation, you're going forward from here. So if you don't have children, then the maybe the extended family members, your, your nieces, your nephews, your cousins, you get to, you get to influence what, what they can get exposed to because you're in their life. It's incredible. Maybe it's just somebody that you get to mentor down the line spiritually. Okay, so you got that. So as a foreigner, you're being added to the people of God. As a first generation, I don't know much about this, but I'm jumping in. All right, you get to experience what everybody else that's had prior generations of Christians and their family just opening things up and pursuing God, you get to enjoy the same things that they do. All right, we're in this together. All right, that's the foreigner. Now let's go and look at the eunuch. All right, it starts already in verse 3 where there's this commission do not let the eunuch say, Look, I'm a dry tree. All right, and if we have a look at essentially what um, the eunuch is representing here it could be like a physical problem from birth all right or something that has been done to him all right eunuchs in the old testament were many times the ones that were sent to look after the queen's household or varying degrees of that but because they didn't have any ability to take advantage of the woman they were considered safe and sometimes men were, were literally, I'm going to say it very graphic, they were literally castrated for that job. 
that, that was their role in the kingdom and in their serving of their king. And they were castrated so that they could never impregnate women or take advantage of them in any way. So they were considered safe to look after the women. But it could also just have been something that didn't function naturally since birth, some sort of problem. And the unit today might be you saying, but you know what? You don't know what's happened in my past. You don't know what's been done to me. I've been robbed. I've been robbed of my inheritance. I've been robbed of my innocence. I've been robbed of my ability to hope or believe God because I've had so much taken away from me. I can't believe anymore. All right, you feel like things have been done to you that were beyond your control, that were just mean or horrible or just demeaning. And this is you this morning. So the eunuch also has a place in the house of God. He's not allowed to say, oh, look at what's happened to me. I've got this lack that will never be filled, not even in the house of God. Because look, you didn't have this as a, as a child growing up. You grew up in a Christian home. You didn't have parents that berated you or an uncle that, that molested you. And this is very, this is very intense. It's not, it's not saying we don't care, but it's saying, you know what? You are as welcome in the house of God. You have access to everything in the house of God that people that haven't been through what you've been through have got. You don't get to say anymore, but because of this, I can't access. No, no, because it's a new season. And you need to step into this new season with a fresh conviction that I've got access, that, that anything that somebody in life has got access to because they had wonderful parents and they are self-confident and they never had to had to fight to 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 get a degree or or have a steady job or you know like things other people take for granted i've had to graft i've had to work i've had to push through all right we don't get to we don't get to say anymore well i don't qualify because of my lack all right, this is so important this morning that you know that God understands what you've been through. And it's, it's, it's not been his doing, it's not been his intention, but this is a season where he wants to restore you. And you can't find yourself taking yourself back to those places of barrenness, of, of lack, because of what you're saying. You've got to stop doing that, because the season is new. We read in Isaiah 54 just now that the barren woman needed to sing because God was about to do something that was beyond natural. And it's the same for you. God's about to do something beyond natural. You're going to move from your natural ability to reproduce. And this might be a physical thing, but I believe it's very much more a thing of the heart the Lord is addressing. And perhaps it's both for you this morning. But your natural ability to reproduce is about to be invaded by the supernatural and you are going to experience more in your area of weakness than a guy that's just gone through life normally has experienced. Not that that writes normal people off, normal, you hear what I'm saying? But you're going to experience a greater breakthrough and a greater strength in your area of weakness than someone that's never been damaged there. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense to you this morning. What God's about to do is just going to supersede and take you way beyond that place of lack, that place of need, the things that were done to you. You are going to be healed and restored as if they never had. All right, this is your portion. This is your inheritance. These are the guys that have had a head start. You're going to surpass them, all right, because of what God supernaturally is wanting to restore to you. And then the, it was almost like an afterthought, but it's, it's so not. <laughs> All right, verse 8. I just want to read it again of Isaiah 56. Here, verse 8, the Lord gathers the dispersed of Israel. Now, the, the dispersed were the ones that were outcasts. They were banished because of sin that they themselves had committed. They deserved the punishment. They were not allowed to be with the rest of the people. They weren't allowed to be in the camp because they'd messed up. And they were banished. And God's saying, you know what? The latecomers to the party, the people that have had things done to them, they're welcome. But you know what? Even if you're responsible for the mess you find yourself in, there's room for you as well. All right? God's not excluding you this morning because you've blown it big time and you've messed up. All right? Maybe you're a church-going person. Maybe you're listening online. Maybe you've drifted away from the Lord because your guilt's pulled you away. And God's saying, no, no, no. 
Not today, not anymore. This is a new season for you. This is a new season. I'm welcoming you into my house as well. There's forgiveness for you in Jesus. He can restore you to the place as if those things had not happened. All right, he remembers our sin no more and he separates it from us as far as the east is from the west. And that's his promise to you this morning. But we've got to start taking seriously what God's telling us so that we can step into this new place, this new season. Right, so we've got those three groupings of people that are being addressed in the scripture. And I want to tell you that this is an invitation for you this morning. But for those of you that perhaps haven't had these experiences, whether you have or haven't, there's actually a commission to say, listen, help a brother out, all right? Help him by silencing his speech when it's negative and it wants to take him back to his Egypt. Because we're not in Egypt anymore. All right, there's a promised land that is ours for the taking. All right, but we need to be at a place where we don't have the baggage weighing us down from the past. All right, this prophetic word that's come to us about the wells being unblocked, this is part of it. So if you're feeling a little bit like messed up generally in this time or things are coming at you at work or relationally, you know, that the, the, your buttons are being pushed. What's the Lord doing? He's saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. These wells were not made for blocking. These wells were made for water flowing through. And I want to take you to that place. But we've got to get this unblocked first. So if you're feeling a little all over the place and vulnerable and exposed, you're not in an unsafe place because this is the very doing of a good, good father that would see you delivered and healed, not just saved. We are not just saved so we can get to heaven. We are to bring heaven to earth, but for that we've got to be a vessel that can take what he wants to pour out. So this is this is his restoration and his promise. He's not just going to heal you, but he's going to put you in a place of strength where you get to be one that gives out and look after somebody that's been where you've been. And you can tell them you're going to make it through and not only make it through, you're going to be amazingly successful. Look at my life. And God's busy building that testimony in many of our lives in this time. Okay. So now we've looked at the groupings of people, but what was very important was it spoke about everyone's being gathered together in this joyful house of prayer. So a lot of times, uh, I just want to quickly, sorry, rewind and say a lot of times we read, um, perhaps it's NIV version, but we maybe know the scripture more, uh, more familiarly as it reads, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. And then we pray for the nations of the world. And, and obviously that's on the heart of the Father. It's not wrong to do that, but that's not what the scripture is referring to. It's not saying that God's, God's house, our church, must be a place where we pray for nations. That must anyway be happening. But what it's saying is that everyone has a place of reserved seating in the house of God. There is a place for everybody in this house of prayer. Okay? Let's just look at prayer. Prayer is, it's essentially, and especially how it's captured here, it's a place of petition. It's a place of intervention. All right? It's like, for those of you that have seen the movie Confessions of a Shopaholic, it's like taking away the credit card from the person that just can't stop spending. It's like maybe somebody's just addicted to a substance of sorts and just saying, dude, I'm not going to let you mess your life up. I'm taking you to an AA group. I'm, I'm taking you for help. I've booked you this appointment. I can't stand by and watch you do this in your life. It's, it's almost like this type of intervention, but it's in prayer, all right? And the, the prayer here is, is the posture of just saying, hey man, not on my watch. But it's not just about the praying. It, it, it spills over into action of actually saying, shh, keep your mouth shut. You can't talk like that anymore. No way, all right? Things are about to break out and break through for you. And then you can share what you feel in your heart and encourage that person. It's not like a, you know, when you're down, I'm just going to like tell you how bad you are for speaking like that. It's not that thing. It's, it's really just saying, hey, come on, we're going to keep the ranks tight here. You can't, you can't lag behind. I'm not going to let you do that. You're coming with me as we, as we pursue this breakthrough, as we take a hold of what God has for us. Okay, so this is, this is what the prayer is capturing here in the scripture. And of course, the word joy is mentioned. This is not some burdensome thing that we've got to now, you know, carry somebody else's burden. I can barely get through the day myself. It was never meant to be a heavy burden for us to carry. I mean, prayer is literally just connecting with what's in the heart of God. It's drawing that inspiration 
from the greenhouse of heaven and just speaking it out and releasing it and God just adds to that word because it's from his heart and he explodes it. So prayer is essentially just agreeing with heaven on a matter or for a person, whether that's yourself or that's your neighbor or somebody going through a struggle. Okay. Remember Psalm 2 verse 4 says the one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at his enemies. Why? Because he knows the end from the beginning. He knows how the story is going to pan out. He knows what's going to happen. So he can laugh at his enemies. So even though we haven't seen the breakthrough yet for ourselves, for our brothers, we can have joy. We can know that the outcome is sure because God has promised and he's a promise keeper and a way maker. All right, he, he works where we can't see. We love to sing this song. How real is it in our hearts? Is that truth alive? Is that pruning the negativity and the hopelessness and the disappointment in our hearts? Because if it's not yet, then it needs to be. Okay? So together we are welcome in his house because it's a place for everybody. And now we're looking out for one another. We're watching what we say, but we're looking out for our brother because we've got to help him watch what he says because we can't afford in this season to be careless with what we're saying. We're going into such an incredible time that we need to live by his word that is lighting our, our, our way forward and we need to propel ourselves into that way forward through what we say. All right. So if you're, if you're praying prayers that you're not seeing answers to, perhaps you need to change what you're praying. All right. Maybe just lay down what you've been praying and say, but God, show me what's on your heart right now. What are you saying? What are you saying? Yes, there's something in my heart that I want to pray for my brother. But let me pray. Let me seek first your kingdom. Let me not add my bit before I have sought first your kingdom. Let me hear what you are saying, Lord. And that can take practice in terms of, God, how are you speaking to me? Maybe the Lord's speaking to you in a different way in this time. And you think he's not speaking, but he's perhaps just changed how he's speaking to you. Because it's a new season and he's a creative father. And he does these things not to hide them from us, but for us. To seek him out and in relationship to discover, wow, this is the new adventure. This is the new way. This was the thing that's not on my grid that I didn't see coming. You're amazing, father. What an adventure. Not like, oh, you know, I'm excluded. You know, I'm not getting this. This is obviously not for me. No, no. Okay. So, this is the grouping of people in his house. These are the responsibilities that we carry for ourselves. And not essentially that we now take on the burden of responsibility for our brother, but we're there to help him. Not just be so consumed with ourselves that we're unaware. Okay. Words mark us for an invasion. Right, we've heard this. Words are so important. They are so powerful. They mark us for an invasion. And through our words, we are either inviting heaven or inviting hell. And it's that simple. All right, if we are looking around in the natural and going, oh my word, you know, we are absolutely doomed. There's no way out of this thing. You know, I, I just want to go to sleep and not wake up again. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. That's inviting hell to come and interfere in your life and increase your hopelessness, increase your disappointment, confirm to you all the lies that you're actually believing through your words. But if you tap into heaven this morning and you hear the heart of the Father, then that is inviting an invasion of heaven into your life into the life of your brother. It's like literally painting a target. You know, think Captain America, the star. Ding! Alright, you you become your heart becomes a target for either heaven or hell based on what's coming out of your mouth. And this is so, so important in this time. Alright? And to stay singing, to stay praising, to stay celebrating until you've seen the breakthrough come. Alright, if there's a delay in that, it's not because God's punishing you. All right, we don't always understand everything. There are mysteries as to why somebody else gets a breakthrough, but I haven't gotten mine yet necessarily. But God is still good and he's still worthy of my praise. And I'll continue to sing because I know my breakthrough will come and my day will come. Okay. We have to take a hold of our speech this morning. All right. 
2020 was so last year, so leave it there. It's 2021. It's been a bit of a crazy year, even for me. It's felt very stop-start. <laughs> but in spite of that, let's keep our eyes on the Lord. Let's know what He wants to do. Let's position our hearts and posture our hearts towards that. Even if we don't know how it's going to happen, just be okay with that. All right. This is an expansion into our supernatural ability to walk and not our natural ability to walk. Okay. So again, obedience is required. God could just come and do this, but that's not what he's telling us. He's saying, you've got a responsibility to sing. You've got a responsibility now when you hear something coming out of the mouth of your brother in this time to say, hey brother, no way. Stop speaking like that. So you do what you meant to do and watch me do what I meant to do. Why? Because he's a relational God and he wants to partner with us. He's not just some dictator calling the shots and saying this and that and the next thing. God has dreams and desires too. And it's his heart that none should perish. It's his heart that we would step into a new season, but he does give us a choice because he loves us. And his heart would be that we choose him and we choose to journey with him and that we can be part of his process. And this is how. It's so precious. It's so precious. Just think about this. The creator of the universe that said, let there be light, is saying, you know what, my words are still light for you, but you've got to take hold of them. You've got to take hold of my words today. So just determine in your heart, even now, to take hold of the words of God. And when you do, and that old thought comes up and wants to intimidate you and go, no, no, no. Like, like, God, you've got the wrong address. Or, or you tell your brother, oh, my word, do you know what God is about to do in your life? And he goes, clearly, you don't understand. And he starts to throw facts at you. She starts to tell you about how bad it's really going. It's not about ignoring those facts, but it's about saying we don't live at the level of facts. We live by the truth and the word of God. Why? Because his word can create what was impossible before it was spoken. Let there be light. Okay? Faith sees. This is what it's about. We need, to, we need to get up to where God is and see with His eyes for ourselves, for those around us. Because faith sees what we cannot see in the natural and we need that right now. That's why God's given us indicators and said, this is what I'm doing. Don't be afraid. This is what I'm doing. Don't lose hope. This is what I'm doing. Don't stop. Don't grow weary of doing good because in due season you're going to reap the reward of your faithfulness, of your discipline where you have to discipline yourself. It's not for nothing. You might not feel like saying and doing what God is calling you to, but it's again a, a discipline sometimes. Don't think that, that discipline is not godly. Discipline is very godly. Discipline is not discipline is allowing the pruning to come. I lay down what I want. And I take up what you want for me. I take up what you're calling me to. I lay down these thoughts and these feelings. And I embrace what you are speaking over me, Father. Right? So this is the important thing for us to do. It doesn't help to just know this this morning. We need to be doers of the word. Very, very practically. These are not just a bunch of little cliche statements. This is life this morning. It is life and it is light. So speak into your, into your situation. Sing. All right? Let go. This morning, maybe there's just you've got to break with certain things in your life. Let go. Break with those things. Let them go. Leave them behind you. Chuck them out of your well. And let God just process with you. All right? To bring you to this point of, of beauty as his bride. Not just this hop along Cassidy, you know? <laughs> A bride that is beautiful, that is spotless, and it might seem so far off and so impossible, but dream with him. He's the ultimate dreamer. He's the creator. Okay. Evan Roberts, he's a well-known Welsh revivalist. He prayed a prayer, I think it was for 11 years. He was working on the mines in Wales. You've heard perhaps some stories about that. If not, just go Google, go find a book. It's so fascinating what the Lord did, and he prayed for 11 years. The Lord had done a work in his heart, and he started to pray, Lord, bend the will of the people. Bend their will to, to honor yours, to embrace you. And that's a good prayer to pray this morning, is Lord, bend me. 
Bend me to your will. Bend me to your heart. Bend me to your ways. I want to be pliable. I don't want to be so frozen in fear that I don't do anything for fear that I'm going to snap. <laughs> Bend me. Make me pliable again. And there's such a beautiful invitation that I just sense the Lord is putting out this morning and saying, you know what? This is the day for you. You know, maybe you're a latecomer to the party. Maybe you feel like you're lacking. Maybe you feel like you've blown it big time. This invitation is for you. All right, you get to inherit because of the season that you're in. It's inheritance. All right, that Isaiah 54 verse 17 spoke of this peace, righteousness, security, and triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is your allotted portion. doesn't matter what yesterday looked like and what the past and the previous generations have looked like. This is your heritage. This is your portion. This is your season to inherit by grace the momentum of prior generations that you haven't known. Will you embrace it this morning? Will you hear his voice? Will you allow him to speak to your heart? Will you just let go of the things that would weigh you down? And let's step into what he has for us. All right, just these times of a new glory, refreshing, a year of thankfulness, the best season yet. This is what he's promising we're going to walk into. But perhaps a lot of us are still sitting on this hilltop looking at the sea and feeling the breath of the enemy on our neck. And we need to hold fast to what God has said here because he's not a man that he will lie. He is a promise keeper. All right, so let's just pray as we close now. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your words that create life. Thank you for what you have said and have done on our behalf already and what you will continue to do. Thank you for courage to take hold of what you are saying. Thank you for faith to see this morning that it's a new season with a new way and we're going to experience a new glory in you as we're on this journey. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word to our hearts that is our preservation and that is also our momentum. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Holy Spirit, to work with the seed faithfully in our hearts and to bring us where we need to be. And we just say, Lord, bend us. Bend us to your will and your purpose. We ask this and we thank you for this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Wow. There's just such a sense of peace that I feel. And I just pray that you would experience the peace of his presence as you go about this day, this week, this season, this year. Bless you. Thank you for tuning in. It's just been a joy to be with you. And.